We are continuing in this series called Lamp Lighters. Last week, uh, we kicked off the series, and I hope that this is a series that will not only inspire you like today and for this week, but that it can kind of be a call sign for, uh, maybe from this point on, for our church community. The idea of a lamp lighter, kind of taken from an old occupation people had, uh, to go to uh, the, the lamps of a city and light them one by one by one to illuminate the street so that people could have uh, a clear path and so that people could do commerce and, and, and have a, a society beyond sundown. It's a really cool concept, and we're learning that light brings us and gives us a lot of things. Last, year, last week, we learned that light gives us illumination, illumination. Without light, we cannot see what's around us, but with light, we're able to know what's there. And so what we said was that the light of God is here, and, the, and it is, is Jesus, and it illuminates our surroundings. It makes us aware of, of what there is to be seen, and so I hope that you'll go check out that message on our podcast or our website if you missed it last week, because this is kind of a foundational thing as we move forward as a church, as a church family, and even more importantly, with your own faith with God, the goal of, of, of becoming a lamplighter in someone else's life, that is our biggest thing. Our light shining into the world. So this lamp lighters in a nutshell. Uh, and the first thing the light gives is illumination. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was uh, riding down to Charleston, South Carolina with my son. He's a Cub Scout, and we were going to go uh, do this overnight camping trip, if you can call it camping, on, uh, on the USS Yorktown down there in Charleston. It's an aircraft carrier, huge ship, and we got to go down there, and, and, and it was crazy. I mean, spend the night on the ship, sleep in the racks where the sailors would sleep, eat the mess out of the mess hall, and I mean, and some of you are like, that doesn't sound like fun at all. Like, I would never want to do that. I got to admit, it's not for everyone, uh, totally not, but I, I love history, uh, and I particularly love spending time with my son, and so that was really good. It was worth it. It was awesome, but before all of that, we had to go grab some dinner, and so uh, it was kind of a dad-son thing, so we were like, what's something that mom would never want to eat with us? McDonald's. And so uh, we're like, a GPS, like, take me to the nearest McDonald's. And it was just like a few minutes away. So we, we punched it in. We hit go. And it says it's like, you know, eight minutes away. And so, you know, you get the little blue line on your phone. Like, all right. Now, I don't know Charleston. It's the first time I've ever been. So I was driving through, and I'm following the blue line. And, and it says, like, your estimated time of arrival, you know, eight minutes. And so we're excited. We're talking about, like, what we're going to eat. And I can, like, taste a Big Mac. I haven't had one in so long. And they got this new, like, miniature Big Mac. So it's like a father-son combo. It's perfect. So we're both going to get the Big Mac we're talking about, and we're driving, and the salty French fries, and all of they, they got the best Coke in the whole world, and we're driving, and destination five minutes away, three minutes away, and I'm getting closer, and I'm seeing my exit come up, I'm going to take this thing, and it's like, you know, in one mile, take your exit, I'm okay, I'm going to get over. Well, traffic was crazy, so I'm trying to get over, and so I'm looking, looking, but it was actually closer than I thought it was. You know, sometimes your GPS gets a little behind, and it was, boom, it was right there. I'm like, I got to get over right now. McDonald's is right there. Ah, I got to, like, get over, and I can't. I just can't, and it was one of those places. Places in the world, you've been to this place, it's, it's one of the most miserable places in the world, where if you miss your exit, you can't turn around for 10 miles. Like, you're just there. So immediately, like, I can see McDonald's. It's right on that road. But I miss my, my exit, and so my, my thing recalculates, and it's like, it goes from you're one minute away to you are 15 minutes away. I'm like, ba -da -ba -ba -ba. I'm not loving it. And so I'm just hating this, and I'm lying, and my son's like, Dad, you should have turned. And I'm like, I know, I ruined it. We're talking about light, and we're talking about being lamp lighters. I tell a story, one, because uh, I, I was wanting a Big Mac, um, but two, because uh, light gives us a lot of things. Each week, we're talking about a gift that light gives us. Last week, it was illumination. This week, the gift is that light gives navigation. 
navigation. And the thing about light is it's not just good enough to be able to see something. I, I could see McDonald's. It was right there. But I'd have to break several laws to get to it quickly. It wasn't good enough to just see it. I needed to know the directions. I needed to have a clear path to get there. And light does that for us. Uh, light brings navigation, direction. Uh, the deeper concept behind navigation is, uh, we're just going to call it truth. Truth. And I'm about to kind of do some things up here on this pad. So let me just, let me just call it up here. Truth. That's the goal. And we're going to have a little light bulb because it makes it glow, right? There we go. Light bulb. Oh. We're going to find truth, and the, the goal of this uh, talk today is to talk about how the light of God navigates us to truth. In a practical way, uh, you can think about walking down a trail at night, okay, and you're, you're walking down this trail, and it's, it's good to have a light, yes, so that I can see what's around me, but it helps in navigation because I need to know what are the nuances of this trail, uh, is it a smooth pass? Are, are there roots and rocks? Are there holes that I don't need to step in? Is there a snake sleeping right there? I need to know that. Is there a cliff I could fall off of, right? So your, your light lets you see that. It helps you navigate. Uh, a thing that I found about light uh, is that it, it tends to bring the fuzzy into focus. It's one thing to just kind of know generally about something, and truth is that way. Because we can have a general idea about truth, but if you're inquisitive, you want to know more and more and more, and you want to get down to the nitty-gritty of it and decide, like, do I really understand how to, you know, change uh, the alternator in my car, or should I really just call the man? Because, like, I'm going to break this thing, right? You need to know the details. Navigation is about details. Should I turn left? Should I turn right? Because we've all taken the wrong turn before. We've all missed the street sign. It gives us the ability to get not only uh, from where I am and see what's around me, but to where I would like to be. And so I think generally uh, we like to get to truth. I I think that's what drives people to quote-unquote religion. Because you're like, what's best for me? What is true? That's why we ask uh, questions, and that's why we do all all these things. Uh, and, And truth is a tricky thing in 2017, isn't it? Because... There's been this movement for a couple of decades now to just kind of, it's been called postmodernism, and it's the idea of relativity. Truth is relative, because what's true for me doesn't necessarily have to be true for you. But that's confusing, because either there is truth or there's not truth. I need some objective, measurable thing to know, am I doing this right? Like, is this going to hurt me or is this going to help me? So we say things like that, truth for you is not necessarily truth for me, but without an objective standard to measure things by, we could just really do whatever we want to do in all settings of life. Here's what I believe. This is the faith that I found, that there is objective, measurable truth, and it's set by the creator of all things. I believe that there is one God, and I believe that he created all things, and I believe that his ideas for morality, for living, for life, and for the way that the world should function, I believe that those are the objective measurable truth, and so then it is incumbent upon me to discover those things and to find how I can live by those the best. And so that's what I believe. You, you might not have come to that realization for yourself yet. You may be skeptical of that. You may be in a place going, I just, I don't even know if that can be discovered. I, I want to tell you, I'm not just saying that because it was written in a book somewhere because my parents spoon-fed it to me. It's a struggle that I've gone through my whole life, and I, I've, I've studied and I've read and I've looked into other things, and so After all of that research on my behalf, that's where I landed, and that's why I stand at a church and preach every week, because I believe that there is truth to be discovered, 
that it is objective and it's measurable and it's, you don't have to be foolish to have faith in it. And so that's where I've landed. If you're not there, I want you to know that that's okay. It's a journey and uh, we want to be a place where you can kind of go on that journey together with us. But talking about light being navigation and directions and bringing the fuzzy into focus, I've got this notepad on stage because um, have you ever been somewhere and you needed quick directions to you know, your buddy's house or how to get to a park or to a place where a concert's happening? Somebody pulled out like a scrap piece of paper or a napkin and they jotted down some notes for you, left at the convenience store, third right, you know, look for the crazy guy holding the sign. If he's not there, it's probably not Thursday, so just wait. You know, it's like those kind of directions. And so what I want to do today is we're going to create a road map. This is about navigation. And a map is a graphical representation of how to get somewhere, right? That's what a map is. And so we're going to look at a road map. We're going to sketch on this giant napkin that we can use to kind of navigate, find the directions, find the details to truth. It's going to have kind of three points on the map. If you've got a note card, uh, there's one in all your seats. If you'd grab it, I think this would be helpful for you. Maybe jot notes on your phone. Uh, typically, we land on one big section of Scripture, and we'll study through it. This one's actually going to hop around in a couple of different places because the truth of God is kind of all over the place uh, in the Bible. But here's what I want us to, to start with. You always start somewhere. We're going to kind of make this uh, home, this little house, okay? And, and you always start somewhere. X marks the spot. This is going to be the first location on our map. Uh, the first location on our map is when somebody began to direct you towards truth. This is when you get the chance to meet a lamplighter, someone who brings God's light into your life. It might have been the person who invited you to this church. You might be here for the first time. You're like, didn't even know I was looking for that. Cool. I'm glad I showed up on map day. Um, it might have been your grandma who drug you kicking and screaming to church and made you wear those shiny shoes, but like through that you learned something. But someone brought you to a place where you thought maybe there is some type of truth. And so what I'm going to call this first uh, stop is going to be foundational truth. Foundational truth. In Christianity, there is a foundational truth, uh, and we base it, well, this is the sentence I'm going to give us, we base it on this basic concept. This is foundational truth, that there is a God, that he loves us, and he knows what he's doing. And that's three parts of, of one location, but this is why, because it begins with just understanding that there is a God. Uh, the Bible does say that God makes himself known to us through creation. And that those who don't see that and give him honor are without excuse because creation is amazing. If you've ever been on a nature walk, it's hard to believe that that just happened without any type of intelligent input. And so that's, that's, a, that's a place. Uh, and and, and that, that's a place, honestly. This is this first stop. I'm going to write this here too. It's a place of faith. We're on a quest for truth, but anyone who's looking for truth has got to start somewhere with faith. Who am I going to trust? I'm going to trust this person who's talking to me. I'm going to trust this, this book that I read. I'm going to trust this theory that I've heard about. I'm going to trust these people that I've fell in the uh, community with. Foundational truth begins with faith. There is a God. Not only is there a God, but Christianity says he loves us. Lots of uh, religion will say there's a God or there are gods. Christianity is the one that says he loves you enough to do something about your life. He's going to come and he's going to make a difference. And this third one, and this is hard, and he knows what he's doing. If, if, if I need help working on my car and you can convince me that you're a good mechanic, I'm going to trust you, have faith in you, because I understand you know what you're doing. If I try to do this on my own, I'm going to screw it up. I want to find a God who knows what he's doing. So this is a foundational place. This is what lamplighters help us come to. No one can spoon feed you your own faith. No one can spoon feed you every single truth. But they can at least shine light, illuminate that there is potential for truth. You following that? It's the first step on our map. Once you get to uh, this, this place, 
God, there is a God. He loves us. He knows what he's doing. You can begin to move forward towards truth. I think a lot of you, because you're here, and most of you are here a lot, you're kind of somewhere hovering around the front yard of this place, okay? So we're going to move to the second place on our napkin map. Uh, if you've got questions about this, by all means, flag me down later, and, and I'd love to plug you in with a friend that you could just talk to and, and ask all the questions. Uh, but we're going to kind of take a journey here. We're going to hop on the road. We're going to move down to spot number two. This is spot number one on our map. Spot number two, take a left turn to, at the third light. And this is what we're going to find. We can find more detail. Navigation is about details, bringing the fuzzy into focus. And so once you decide that there's a place to begin to look, we need to find more details. This is what I found is true. That God's word brings direction. God's word brings direction. I'm going to draw this like a little book here because um, that's what we find. God's word brings direction. How is that true? Uh, there are several places in God's word uh, that, that say that it's true. But if you're someone who doesn't believe that the Bible is reliable, you'd be like, why would I look to a book I don't believe in to find the answers to the questions? <laughs> why would I do that? Uh, if you've got questions like that, we spend a lot of time talking about that. We have a whole class coming up in a few weeks called Venture Basics that spends about an hour and a half unpacking some things. But this week on our blog at jointheventure.com, uh, we're going to be reposting some material and some videos and stuff that will give us some reason to believe that God's word is reliable, that it is believable, and that a logical, good-minded person could have faith in it. Okay, so I encourage you to check that out. When we land at the second location, we say, okay, I want to find truth. What does it look like? So some passages in the scripture that teach us that. There's two that I'm going to look at today. Psalm 119 is the longest chapter of the entire Bible. It's got 176 verses in it. It's long. And throughout it, the writer of that is just talking about how much he loves God's truth. And it's really like a love letter about God's truth. It's a pretty neat concept. And he says two things that I'll highlight. First, in Psalm 119, verse 11, he says this. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. That phrase, God's word, is referring to the written word of God, the Bible, inspired uh, through men to write down the things that he wrote down. And, And as we dig through this word, you can find truth. And this writer says, I've hidden those words in my heart so that I won't sin against you. I'm walking along this path, and I need to know where I don't need to step. I need to know where I don't need to step off, and I need to know what is safe. And then he says again in verse 105, he says, And your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. We're talking about being lamplighters, right? God's truth is light. And when we open up his word and we begin to see what it is that God has for us and how to make the right turns and get to the right location, we say, man, this really brings clarity. Like, I can see where I'm going now. It's interesting when you look, a lamp to my feet, a light to my path, it doesn't say, and your word puts a big old spotlight on the the destination of my life. Because that's what we want sometimes. What's the end game? Like, how am I going to get there? What does it look like? But God actually never promises to give us uh, the big picture right away. But what he does promise is that he'll guide us every step of the way. So he puts light on our feet and light on the path so we can find the direction, so we can get the details, so that we can navigate our way closer and closer to him. God's word shows us truth. It shows us truth and it helps us uh, find ways to know uh, if you've ever been on a trip and you missed a turn. You want to go on vacation. You're real excited about that hotel room or that place that you were going to stay, that resort. And what if you missed a turn? And you didn't know. Wouldn't you like to know? 
Like you paid a lot of money for that resort. You wanted to get there. Would you be really frustrated? Now, dudes, we were just at the men's retreat. We were being honest this weekend. But you, you, your wife's in the passenger seat. She's like, um, you're going the wrong way. Now, initially, you're like, I'm not going the wrong way. <laughs> I'm not going the wrong way. But eventually, like, if you realize you're going the way, you, you want to you take a U-turn. If you miss a turn, here's some things. It's inconvenient. It may involve taking more time. It may involve spending more gas. But wouldn't you much rather know that you missed the turn than to miss the vacation? God's word helps us do that. He says, listen, you're heading the right way, and sometimes we're a little stubborn. Uh-uh, mm-mm, I did not miss a turn. I, did, I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. But as we become more and more aware of God's truth because of his light, we're like, okay, it's time for a U-turn. Some of you guys can testify to this. Sometimes those U-turns take a while, right? It takes a while to get things turned around. It takes a while to get back on track. It takes a while to find our directions. But wouldn't you much rather know that you're going in the right direction now? It's the second stop. God's word brings direction. People ask me all the time, uh, what does the Bible say about this? Or what does the Bible say about that? One, I welcome those questions. I'm all for it. I've spent a big chunk of my life studying it. I've gone to school for it. It doesn't make me an expert. It just makes me someone who uh, can't answer some questions. But here's some really, really, really good news for you. The Bible is both public domain and written in English. You can read it for yourself. You can get it for free on the internet, on your phone, any device. Uh, if you've got enough paper and ink, you can print it off. You don't even have to buy one. You can read it. But, it, but here's the thing that I realize about the Bible, that it's really hard sometimes to know where to start, right? Uh, I have the same problem every day. Like, I want to read my Bible. Mm, a lot of words in here. Where are we going to start? Uh, along with the blogs we're going to be posting, uh, reposting this week, there's going to be one specific uh, sermon that we did several, it's been a couple years now, from a series, you guys remember the series called Soul Food? Uh, we did that series, and it was just talking about feeding your soul, and uh, there's a whole message on there called Getting Started, and it's just like, okay, what's in the Bible and where do I begin? I encourage you to check that out. But as we're searching for truth in our life, we've got to land at some point at God's word because God's word gives us direction. So then it brings us to our third point on the map, okay? And we're going to look at one more uh, turn today. There really is only one more turn in our map. And this is the cool thing. God's word is a big deal. But it's hard to access and it's hard to understand. And if you ever had a tutor in high school or college, you probably really appreciated that person because they were like, and that's how trigonometry works. And you were like, oh. And if you're like me, you're like, Say it again. <laughs> but God came down to tutor us in this. God's word became flesh. The third turn on the, 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 the map towards truth is this idea that God's word became flesh. I'm going to draw this little stick man here. Uh, Jesus, forgive me. This is you, man. I'm going to give you a beard. That makes it cool, and I think he would wear a ball cap. This is Jesus. God's word becomes flesh. What in the world does that mean? Well, we talk about this a lot here at Venture Church, but I just want to kind of refresh ourselves. Uh, we talked last week uh, from the book of John. The apostle John spends a lot of time comparing God to light, okay? Uh, but before he gets there, the very first words, read the book of John, the gospel of John this week. is in the New Testament. Uh, it's, it's a great biography on Jesus' life. But the beginning of John starts like this. It says, in the beginning was the word. That's neat. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God, and the Word was with God. That's what it says. And so it's like, wait, God's Word is kind of synonymous with what he is. Check out how God created. Let there be light. He didn't have to break out the Plato. His Word speaks things into being. That's how powerful he is. That's, let that blow your mind for a minute. I've spent a lot of time chewing on that, and it blows my mind. In the beginning was the Word of God. That's why the Word of God brings us truth, because his Word is truth. Because he is the source, the objective, measurable standard of truth. 
But he said, I understand it's hard to understand me. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to come down to earth. I'm going to hand deliver this UPS style to you. I'm going to bring you the truth. Look at verse 14 of John. So he says, in the beginning was the word. The word, uh, the, the word was with God. The word was God. And then in verse 14 he says this. And the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. One translation says that God moved into the neighborhood. And we have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only son who is, listen to what he came full of, who is full of grace and what? Truth. What's our map taking us to? Truth. That's what we're looking for. What did God come to bring us through Jesus? By the way, the word became flesh. He was saying that, that, that is John introducing Jesus. The word of God became flesh. That's Jesus, God in the flesh. He said, I'm going to deliver this truth to you. I'm going to br- bring it with grace. I'm going to let you know. And this is what we call the gospel, that God came near. Not only is there a God who loves us, who knows what he's doing, but he came to earth to show us how to use this information. And he pointed the way back to God. It's such a cool and awesome concept. And suddenly, this is neat. Um, you have arrived at your destination. Uh, truth. What are we looking for? Truth. I think that's what we're really, I, I want to find the answers. And God says, okay, listen, I'm going to come, I'm going to deliver them to you. You need to let someone shine the light into your life, be a lamplighter, and then they're going to hopefully lead you to my word, and they're going to study this with you. But what you got to realize is that those are indeed words. It's paper. It's ink. But God is a loving being, and he came down to deliver his love to us. God's word became truth. Now, the thing is this. We could stop here and say, okay, well, maybe maybe the quest for truth is possible by knowing who Jesus is. But actually, I said this was the last turn of our map, but there's a cool kind of side effect to this. Um, I want to brag about one of my favorite places to go in Wilmington. Who loves the restaurant Islands? Yeah. Any more love for Islands? Let's try that again. And does anybody love Islands? Yeah. I think that was a better representation of what I feel when I think about Islands. When we first moved here, people were like, have you been to Islands yet? I'm like, I mean, Riceville Beach, isn't that an island? Like, like, no, like the restaurant. You've been to islands. No, but why do people keep asking me that? And they were like, well, it's like, like what is it? It's like, it's like this Tex-Mex burrito place, but it's all fresh and it's local. And you got to try it. You got to try it. And people are I'm like, settle down. <laughs> like, I've had tacos before. And uh, they're, they're a dollar after five. Woohoo! <laughs> and so I was really pumped. And so, I mean, I, and, and, and describe it to me. What's, yeah, have you been to Moe's? Yeah, I've been to Moe's. Welcome to Moe's. You've been to Chipotle? Yeah. It's better than that. Okay, all right, well, I'm getting a little bit excited. And so um, I, I go to this place, and let me tell you, it's just like light bulb. And I was just like, this place is amazing. So then I start telling my family when they come to visit us in Wilmington. I loved it so much that when we started this church, uh, you guys might remember this, that one of our first gathering things we used to do before we had small groups, before we were even having Sunday morning services, was called what? Taco Tuesday. You guys, some of you guys were there. We would go Taco Tuesday. It'd be like 30 of us eating tacos for a dollar. They'd be like, you, you bums, like come back before five, help us make some money. But man, we would, and so we love tacos. Now here's the thing. Islands is the best place to get that kind of food in this city. You might not agree with me. And I want you to know, you have the right to be wrong about this, okay? <laughs> but this place is great, all right? So I, I built that up, and, and I'm a little bit ridiculous with it because of this. Uh, I took my family to Islands, and here's the deal. I kind of knew what to expect, right? I had a taco before, right? I've had a burrito before. kind of knew what to expect, but when I showed up, I got much more than I expected. You've done this at maybe a vacation spot. You know, you kind of saw the pictures online. You're like, oh, it'd be pretty cool. And you show up, you're like, 
whoa, this is way better, or a band that you went and listened to, or a book that you read, or a movie that you watched, and you, you kind of knew what you were expecting, but it blew your mind when you actually saw it, and you got way more than you ever expected to get from that. This is what happens when you discover the truth in Jesus. You find it. I'm looking for truth. I'm looking for truth. And Jesus is like, you want truth? I got, I got your truth, but man, that, what you don't realize is that's actually not the most important thing that you need from me. There's more. Jesus said a lot of things that were really powerful. And one thing that is maybe the most controversial thing that Jesus ever said was this way that he describes himself in relationship to truth. And I want to read it to you today. It's from John chapter 14. The same guy, the apostle John, it's in the biography of Jesus that he wrote, the gospel of John. He says this in John 14, 6. There's people asking him some questions. So Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I don't have it on the screen, but the next sentence he said was, and no one comes through the, to the Father except through me. What are you looking for? Are you looking for truth? Okay. I'm the way. We're talking about destination, navigation. We're talking about bringing the fuzzy in focus. You want to see a path? I'm the way. What is a way? A way is a path. <laughs> like, that's what people used to call roads. They were ways. That's how you got from point A to point B. He says, I'm the way. I'm the path. I'm the truth. If that's what you're looking for, I'm the truth. I'm the way, the truth. But listen, what I also am is the life. And you show up at islands and you get way more than you expected. You were looking for truth, but what you found in addition to that is life. Life, initial life, like the hope to move on. I know some of you in this room right now were like, I was at my wit's end. I was, I was suicidal. But then I learned that God loved me, and he knows what he's doing. And somebody started talking to me about Jesus, and that gave me hope. So in a physical way, it gave you life. You were willing to move on. Or it's gotten you through a hard spot in your life. Or it's gotten you through a time where you're like, I just don't know where else to lean, but I'm just going to lean on Jesus right now. And I want you to hear this because I'm sharing briefly testimonies of tons of you in this room right now. And so if you're somewhere looking for hope and for life, you got it in this room. People who could tell you, like, Jesus showed me that. And we talk about that a lot here at our church, so I'm not going to, like, really spend a lot more time in that. But here's the thing. He says, I have brought you life. I brought you life here in this earth, but I brought you even more than that. I brought you spiritual life. I brought you eternal life so that after this physical life is over, our bodies don't last forever. Our, our brains and our hearts, they quit functioning. Guess what we get? Eternal life with God, the creator I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And suddenly, just like my friends who told me, man, you got to go to islands. And I was like, whoa, why are you coming on so heavy about a taco? It's because they discovered more than they bargained for, and they just got to let somebody know. And when we find out the truth and the life that comes through Jesus, you just got to let somebody know. It is so good. It is so good. It changes everything about us. And this is what happens. We become lamplighters. We go out and we're like, gosh, you got to know this. You got to see this, this, this way is here. You can see. You can find a path to God. You can find hope. You can find uh, mending for your brokenness. You can find cure for addiction. You can find reconciliation and broken relationships. All this through understanding who Jesus is. And you become a lamplighter. And you're the one writing that letter saying, hey, you should go to this place. You should go to this place. We're doing this thing coming up where we're going to hand out coffee mugs. I'll talk about that in just a second. Hand out coffee mugs to invite our friends to church on Easter Sunday. Why? Because you got to see what God's doing in my life. you got to come be a part of this. It's no coincidence that we're doing this series uh, 
right leading up to Easter. Because I wanted to ramp us up. I wanted to get us into a mindset that you know, because we say it all the time from this stage, Easter is the most likely Sunday that your friend who does not attend church will come. Why? It's built into our national calendar. Get days off of work, man. Like, so they would do it. It's not a big deal. It's like going to the 4th of July parade, you know? Just come on. We'll do it. We'll go to lunch afterwards. It'll be fun. We'll make hot dogs. It'll be awesome. Invite your friends to church on Easter Sunday, not though so we can fill butts and seats or so that we can be like, hey, we had a big service, but so that you can be a lamplighter for your friend. And this cool thing happens. You carry the light to them. You give them a starting point. And you show them the foundational truth that there is a God, and he loves you, and he knows what he's doing. And they're like, yeah, whatever. Everyone says that. No, just let me tell you what he's done in my life. I'm going to lead you to his word. You'll find truth, but I'm going to tell you something else. You're going to find way more than you ever bargained for. You'll find life through the love of Jesus. Let's be lamplighters to this city, Easter or not, okay? <laughs> that is just, it's a holiday. Um, let's take the light of Jesus into the lives of our friends and our neighbors and family. Let's let them know that God loves them and God knows what he's doing and that truth can be found but so much more. Life. Let's be lamplighters. Let's pray. God, thank you for life. Thank you for truth. Um, I wrestle with it. I have these prayers all the time. When you know <laughs> the prayers I say to you, like, God, I don't understand this. Why is this in the Bible even? I don't understand it. Why is this situation happening? I don't understand it. But God, you, you don't tell me that you'll let me understand everything. You just tell me that you love me. And these are the directions to finding peace and finding life. God, help us shine that light into other people's lives. I pray that this morning has been maybe a, a, a starting point for someone here. And there might be someone in this room that's like, okay, maybe there is a God. Maybe he does love me. Maybe there is truth. Let us be a church that does that. Let us be individuals who do that as a family. Thank you, God, for your love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.